1: <laughs> David David, you're set? I've never been better. Okay, great. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Stuck. Okay, good. Welcome, welcome to episode number 25. We've hit the quarter century mark of Bleeding Blue, and the New York football giants are on a winning streak. Ooh, they beat the Bucking Earners of Tampa Bay 38 to 35 in a thrilling offensive showcase. And for this week. There is no more big picture sky is falling tanking talk. That will be put on hold at least for one week because for right now, the Giants are on a mission and they are two games into their eight game plan. So without further ado, let's bleed blue. The hype music. Okay. Um. very, 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 very quickly. Um. Follow me at jpenic74 on Twitter. Follow David at David, pa- David, double, David. Follow David on Twitter at David double underscore Powis. Follow Brett, who, yes, is back for a second week in a row at coyote weather 10. Five stars on iTunes. If you like us, if you don't have iTunes, just tweet at me and say that you enjoy the podcast and share it with all of your followers on Twitter. There. And That's, honestly, even if you don't like us, you need to have like haters us. for to be relevant. Yes, really. Because oh, I, I've had haters. I don't know if you've listened, I don't know if you listen every week, Brett, but I've had some haters. Okay. I've had some people put the old good old block on Justin Pennick.
2: Because you're because you're too you're too logical, I think. I think I think you're a lot. your logicalness. Oh, really? Off.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm logical in a very in your face type of way, and and I guess people don't like that. Um, <laughs> so you're like every other host. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, there, there are there are a lot of Giants podcasts that are very like take it easy, like you know, like the Giants R- Insider. Really? They're no, all they're- like hippie West Coast. I like. I mean, the only kind of Giants podcast I really like religiously listen to is NYG Weekly, and they're they're very in your face, and they're they're two big, very personalities. Uh, That's New York, Ethan and Weiss. But they're not. Well, Ethan's from New York. Weiss is from the DC area. He is where I am right now. I should have I should have met up with them this semester. Um, anyway, David and Brett are here. David is here as our resident Philadelphia sports fan. That's as long. we have the philadelphia eagles this upcoming weekend so brett we'll start with did i say david you is our philadelphia it. oh shit <laughs> do not delete that <laughs> all right um so no david powis is our co-host to every bleeding blue episode because he is our giants fan um so and so because i messed up so badly david we'll start with you how are you doing today
0: i'm doing fantastic um you know, just bought my ticket uh, for the 8-0 train. Um,
1: what sound does that train make, by the way?
0: That would be choo-choo. Um, I'm not going to curse like I did before we started. Oh, um, we're, you
1: know you're allowed to curse now.
0: I know. You told me I was. You told me I was. But, you know, you never know who's going to listen.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm having a great day.
0: Uh, I think I said this last week. Any any week that follows Giants win is is a, a week starting in the right direction. So I'm doing pretty well. How about you, Justin? How you
1: doing? Wow. Thanks for asking. Usually nobody no has how I'm doing. I um, you. I got a terrible haircut from great clips. I can and, confirm. It's very bad. Um, yeah, they stripped me of my hairstyle identity. I, I, don't I remember you with hair anymore, to be honest. Wow. Just, just, now that's, that's terrible. That's ter- I mean, I, I don't have a lot of hair to begin with, but the fact that they cut off my flip, it's really thrown me off. I feel a part <laughs> of me. I feel like I'm naked. Um, John Boy and Jake Radio, if you listen to Talking Yanks, you know John Boy. But then they also have an everyday radio show. They have a contest every radio. weekend, best and worst weekends. Jake Storielli, at Talking Jake on Twitter, I won best weekend. And that weekend was, I walked 10 miles Saturday. I walked 10 miles in D.C., went to three different food trucks, three different monuments didn't go inside one monument bed by 10 saturday night sunday went to a giant's bar ate taylor ham which is rare in dc because taylor ham is a new jersey gem Mm -hmm. walked home in the dark and i had like an i am legend moment where i was like it's getting dark. I need to get home. And I remember that scene in I am legend where yeah. he's with this dog. And they're like, come on, Sam, come on, Sam. So I have this fear of being eaten by zombies. I really found that out. I did not make it home by dark, but so I was not eaten by zombies. I was not. No, but I had that, I had that thought running through my brain where I was like, that would be terrible. Like if you just couldn't be out sure. in the dark. Um, yeah. So that, that's me. And I, Oh, and I also saw Mason Ramsey on Friday. Like you know, the, the Walmart. Is, is that an eleven-year-old? He he turned twelve on Friday. How rude oh, of you! Oh, so getting older. He, <laughs> how rude of you! He actually turned twelve on Friday, and I saw him at concert, and he was absolutely fantastic. And that's a guy, Mason Ramsey. Yes, yeah.
2: it looks like a girl.
1: Mason, no, you, you're you're insulting
2: him, um, Brett, <laughs> Howard- like, I'm sorry. I thought, I legitimately thought. I know it's a guy's name. I know it's a guy's name but but you know sometimes you never know a stage name whatever
1: lil lil hank williams stage name of mason <laughs> it's not
0: not the best stage
1: name it's a country name. i don't name. know what I do all i do is sit inside um brett how are you doing today
2: not great not great i mean like like top 10 not great cuz we cuz we're doing this i'm fine overall overall i'm fine but just yeah we're just talking sports not great the only thing that's keeping me upbeat is the Sixers. Psyched for the Sixers. Huge Sixers fan. Let's go. But Eagles-wise, yeah, no. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, no. Top top 10 bad game. Actually, that was probably the worst game I've watched. It, it, it's close. The Eagles also got blown out by that great Broncos team back in 2013 with, uh, with Peyton Manning and everything. So that was really bad, too. But this is coming off a of Super Bowl. And fun fact, this is the biggest blowout that's that's been done to a defending champion since, like, 1956. The Lions got blown out by the Browns in the following year's championship game. Like, the Lions beat the Browns, and then the next year's championship game, they got blown out by the Browns. So, two teams that don't have a Super Bowl. Way to go, Philly. Philly, Philly. (laughs) E-A-G-L. Yes. Philly Philly. Uh, you know what? Always Philly Philly. Nick Foles for life. <laughs> Nick Foles for life. Brett is
1: our resident Philadelphia sports fan, not David. So I messed that up. Um, so Brett, Philadelphia Eagles fan, not having the best of times. But uh, so, yeah, this past week, the New York football Giants are on a winning streak. They won their second game in a row. First game at home this year and also mm-hmm. oh I don't, I don't even know what i was going to say i was going to say it's their first win against an nfc team but they beat but they beat the 49 ers so great i'm wrong. Job, bud. um yeah great job um so uh, give i want to hear some reactions i want to hear what is our feeling moving forward david Powis already indicated that he is on the 8 and 0 train and we are two games choo choo and we are two games into that plan um so give me give me some other reactions and feelings about where where you feel the New York Football Giants are right
2: now? Wait, can we can we get a, a, a perspective from an outsider here? From me, from for the Giants? Yes. Yeah. This weekend, I fell in love with Saquon Barkley all over again. I mean, I was already in love with him. Again, I'm a Penn State fan too, so I already he's already my favorite player. You know, next to Wentz. But I mean, Saquon Barkley, three touchdowns total. I mean, him. And Beckham were obviously the stories of the game, uh, and honestly, another story on the not so positive side was the defense getting getting chewed up by a really not so good Buccaneers team. So,
0: well, I mean, I think I agree. The, the 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 defense definitely leaves me leaves me worried, especially going up against Philly next week. You know, Philly has the potential every week to put a lot of a lot of yards up, a lot of points up. I haven't um, done it
2: yet, but potential's there.
0: <laughs> but yeah, a- absolutely. But Tampa has the ha- has had the potential all year to put up a lot of yards. I think last week they put up like 500 yards and six points. They just they just kept turning the ball over in the red zone. They they were in the red zone count like I think they were 0 for five in the red zone against Washington wow. last week. But I knew coming in they could put up a lot of yards. And I also knew coming in that this Giants defense allows a lot of yards, but they've been a bend but don't break defense the whole year and thankfully they were able to take advantage of ryan fitzpatrick just being ryan fitzpatrick and just throwing just gifting them gifting them yeah. interceptions
2: um they still allowed 35 just, points so
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean and when winston came in the game they played their offense clicked a lot better when when they benched mm-hmm. fitzpatrick um so the defense worries me we can get the defense a little bit more later i think coming out of it, the story of the game has to be the giants the giants offense because Everybody wants to say, oh, they beat the 49ers. Now they beat the Buccaneers. They've beat nobody. They're, they're not quality teams. And I agree they're not. But a mere two weeks ago, the Giants weren't supposed to beat the 49ers or the Bucks because they were the worst team in the NFL. So I'll take baby steps. I'll, I'm okay with that. finally, we actually put up 38 points against the team that we were supposed to put up 38 points. You know, yeah. we were supposed to score 38 Certainly. against them. Certainly. The Buccaneers had a, have a horrible defense, so they finally took advantage. And also, going back to the, like going between the split between the offense and the defense. I mean, this Giants team was designed to be a team that was gonna that was just gonna outscore you. You know, they're not they weren't supposed to shut you down defensively. That was never going to be their mo. Um, finally, this week they the offense was able to mask the defense's problems with just. Just a solid game plan. They blocked for Saquon Barkley. They protected Eli Manning yep. for the most part. And Eli Manning picked, picked the Buccaneers apart. Saquon dominated. That's... got a
2: 94% completion percentage.
0: 94. That was... What completion? This Sunday was the Giants offense. The Giants fans were promised.
2: 94%. Was, I'm not sure they were promised that, though. Well,
0: that's true. <laughs> this was... This is what Giants fans have been waiting for. You know, not just chucking the ball to Odell 13 times a game. He only had four catches. If you had told me that Aldo Beckham was going to have four catches, a touchdown, 80 yards, I would say to you we probably probably got smoked.
2: You know what? I'd have the opposite reaction to me. That means that you're spreading the ball around, especially against the Buccaneers. I knew you guys were going to put up a bunch of yards uh, and points against the Buccaneers. You probably win because it means uh, Barkley was finding success on the ground and – and Shepard was having some success, and Ingram and spread the ball around.
1: Nine different receivers.
2: Yeah, and I
0: think I think I remember I was I happened to be at the game, and I think I remember leaning over to the guys I was with in the first, after the second drive of the game. I'm pretty sure six guys already had a completion, already had a reception. Wow. And Sterling, and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram were not one of them. I mean, we were. Eli was completing passes to to Elijah Penny completing passes to Red Ellison, just getting everybody involved, which I think, Damn. which I, which, which is, which this is the, this was the Giants recipe and they ran the ball 31 times. That's, that's why Saquon Barkley was taken second overall. Um, so just as far as, as far as, you know, not super in-depth reaction goes, there's no reason to say for, strictly from a Giants perspective, don't even talk about the Eagles right now. There's no reason to believe that they can't go into Philly on Sunday and pick up where they left off and just keep scoring points.
2: Especially going up against a practice squad secondary. I mean, exactly. And and that's what I'm
0: saying. Later on, we can talk about like how they match up with the Eagles. But just looking strictly at the like strictly from the Giants perspective of things and Giants side of, side of the ball, mm-hmm. there's no reason why they can't keep up this game plan because the one thing the Buccaneers defense has. They've got a decent front four with JPP, Gerald McCoy. They've got some guys yeah. in the front there that can that can pressure the quarterback, and they did pressure Eli quite a bit, actually. It was just they they game plan to run the ball. Their their game plan on the on the ground was was solid. Saquon Barkley followed it to a T. You know, a lot of what was being talked about going into this week was Pat Shermer talking about Saquon Barkley needs to get the quote dirty yards. He he's been too happy to try to bounce everything outside, look for the home run play. Like it was Penn state all over again, but instead uh, this Sunday, he just, he, he was okay with a five yard run. And and yep. he has the ability to take a two yard run, and make it six or six yards really fast. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, yeah. Do you want to hear some, uh, do you want to hear some numbers to back to back that up? Hit me, Justin. At uh, one point, I believe there was 13 minutes left in the, in the fourth quarter, uh, Fox, Now again, David, so David, David usually goes to the games and I'll be going to the game and I'll be going to two games this year, but one of the, one of the graphics at the bottom of the, at the bottom of the screen at the start of the fourth quarter, two minutes into the fourth quarter showed this rushes today, Saquon Barkley, eight yards, one yard, six yards, one yard, nine yards, 10 yards, minus four, nine yards, five yards, five yards, six yards, four yards, five yards, 23 yards, one yard. Four yards, 14-13. I mean, that's that,
0: is that's that not, not what you want? That's not just a running game. That's a good running game. Like, there was, yes. there was some point yesterday when I was, I was sitting in the seats and I like I just yelled out in a fit of joy, like, we have a running game. Yeah. And as the game went further and further along, it was becoming apparent that it was a good running game. Like, they were actually relatively dangerous with it. And I think that one of the biggest things there also, Justin, you you rattled off all the runs. They ran the ball 31 times. That's including uh, a couple two runs to Wayne Gallman and one to Odell. They had one negative play. That's yeah. impressive by any team standards. To run yeah. the ball 31 times and only have only yield negative yardage once. Yeah. That's I, yeah. that's really impressive, especially and, with uh, an offensive line that's been ridiculed all year for inability to do anything. Right. That's really impressive.
1: And David, you mentioned that this is that this is the Giants offense and the I would say production-wise, you know, maybe not, you know, Brett pointed out that you know, you're not going to get 94% completion percentage from right. the quarterback every single game yeah. But I just say production-wise. And what you expect this Giants team to do? This is finally what we've been quote-unquote promised. And you know, again, I I say I said earlier in the year and I may just be petty in saying this. Elijah Penny was in for 30% of the snaps. The two big plays that we had that first drive that set the tone for the entire game of what this game was going to be, the two big plays, touchdown to Saquon, big play to Odell down the field, fullback was in, play-action pass. Mm-hmm. You set up the run, and again, rudimentary way of looking at Giants football. You set up the run, and but this is what made Eli successful, at least in 07, You know, 2011, the dude just took over and we had the 32nd rushing attack in the NFL. But at least looking at what made Eli successful early in his career and really what made Kevin Gilbride's offense successful, setting the tempo with the run, setting the precedent up front, then giving Eli more space. You get the defenders, you get the linebackers, eyes looking in the backfield, play action pass, That gives Eli more time. It gives Eli more space. It gives Eli more options in terms of what he can do with the ball when you have a running game and the play action pass is there. And with that fullback in the game, I don't know, maybe old school, call me old school, but that set the tone for the entire game. And the fact that he was in there for 30% of the snaps and the fact that you saw Saquon Barkley was able to explode up the middle, explode. I have never seen anybody run yep. as fast as 5 yards. 5 yards. You snap your fingers, boom, he runs 5 yards. He gets that ball in his hands and you snap your fingers. He got he's he has 5 yards. He's explosive.
2: And, and it's funny cuz cuz when Wayne Gallman comes in the game you're just like, "Ugh, it's and like slow good. motion."
0: It's like he's, he's like he's a good running back. <laughs>
2: yeah. I know, but that's how great Barkley is. Yeah. You just go, yeah. kind of, "Ugh." Coleman. And the, and yeah. you
0: know, Justin, this is something that I was trying to explain. I was saying a couple of weeks ago we were we were arguing their their decision on draft day to not go with one of the quarterbacks to take Barkley. And I mean, you were saying that you felt like you felt like we were putting off the rebuild for a year. We were a year behind on our rebuild, and I said I think Barkley is special enough that maybe they maybe they swung and missed this year in terms of where the year was going to finish. But I still believe they took the best player in the draft and ultimately come out on top because they got a better player in this draft than they, were, than they were going to get otherwise. And I think between last week and last week, he didn't do too much. But down the stretch, we didn't talk too much about the game specifically, but down the stretch of the game against San Francisco, he makes that he makes a relatively routine catch over the middle of the field, this is Saquon Barkley, makes a relatively routine catch over the middle of the field, turns into 25 yards, and the Giants are on the 15-yard line, ultimately a play later, two plays later, they're in the end zone. And then, obviously, uh, this week he goes off. So he just adds such a weapon next to Eli Manning, behind Eli Manning, that it, it when the offensive line is blocking for him and things are going well up front, It takes so much pressure off of of Eli Manning, and that's something he's really never had in his career. I mean, you can go back to 2007. Sure, they had a very potent rushing attack back then. But Eli still threw the ball 25 to 30 times on those teams, And 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 they also had a dominant defense. But that was a very complete team, in my opinion. This team, they need to rely on Saquon Barkley running the ball they need, like you were saying, they need to rely on Saquon to be able to set up the pass because Eli's not going to be able to do it purely on his own anymore. Right. He's, he's not that kind of quarterback. So um, w- one thing I really want to get into, and I want I want to get your opinion on this, the offensive line play has really steadily improved, and I think it can be directly linked to uh, Jerron Brown.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Um, basically a scrap heap pickup from the Rams. They just let him go. And the Giants picked him up, plugged him in at right guard, and he's really been playing very well. And you see the entire offensive the off- offensive line unit playing a lot more together and individually beating their men one on one a lot more often than they had oh boy uh at any at any other point in the season. So I'm I'm curious what you've been seeing because the offensive line is something we talked about at nauseam. So I'm curious.
1: Jamon Brown locked this dude up. <laughs> I mean I, I mean as as of now. Just really the the chemistry of the entire offensive line has gone up. I the blocks that particularly when you look at you know we we analyzed you and I on Twitter analyzed that fourth and goal play in San Francisco last week where we went away from the pass where we were inside the five yard line we went to a run didn't work out um, and then we kind of kind of looked at Pulley and Brown and kind of Hernandez and on, on the A gap B gap. They didn't move to the secondary level, didn't pick up a linebacker, the linebacker made that play. And these those communications or miscommunication issues were virtually non-existent. I mean, obviously, because of you know the numbers that I read you. You know, when you have one negative run play, obviously the offensive line is communicating well. But one of my favorite quotes from Bill Parcells, um, and this is so true, and again, this is a product of the NFL not allowing teams to practice as much as they used to with the new CBA. And the fact that we've had all of these football players who were in the previous CBA, I would say maybe pre whenever the lockdown was now that all those players are out and all these new players are in, these guys don't have the proper time. And especially when you look at offensive lines, one of the most key position groups in the NFL were a team. <laughs> lives bless you Brett where a team survives and dies with the offensive line and the hog mollies as as Dave Gettleman likes to call them where it really takes until like the month of November for a new group of offensive linemen to really get accustomed to each other and finally I think we have even if it's not the right personnel while looking at all these misfits that are at center right guard and right tackle and even left tackle (laughs) Um, (laughs) we're like on the island of misfit toys right now where you have Chad Wheeler, skinny right tackle, Jamon Brown, who who saw him coming out of nowhere, and then Spencer Pulley, who's originally a guard, which apparently we really like to make uh, uh, OG guards into centers now. I guess that's the Giants thing. So, yeah, I mean, it takes until the month of November, and this is just the this is the difference between great teams and good teams, where if you can have groups and if you can have offensive line groups coming together and playing together, in the month of September, as opposed to really trying to get it together in the month of November. I mean, that's but it's just where we are. I mean, it's a new coach, new offense, all new starters from last year at this point, right? Cause flowers isn't on the team anymore.
0: Yeah. Nobody, nobody's there from last year.
1: And from opening day, we have three, we have three new starters because it's the center, mm-hmm. right guard, right tackle. Omame's is not on the team anymore. So, you know, takes a while to gel. But is it too late? And I guess that's the. We'll talk about this for a few minutes, David. Because you, you're on the eight and O train. Tell us why you're so invested in this in this eight and O mission. Two down, six to go. Why are you so invested in it? Because I have a very different opinion.
0: There's no reason not to be. I mean, I'm I'm really quick. I'm gonna get. I'll get more into my explanation. But do you not? How do you not agree with that?
1: i i'm totally on board with it and for it but i mean again just this just this thing that's poking in the back of my brain where i mean the nfc East is wide open and alex smith as gruesome and as devastating as that is it, it kind of opens up a door for all of these teams but i mean just the john the giants the giants are still not a good football team and I, I At this point, I'm a wait and see guy. I, I like to I'm a wait and see guy where I'm gonna see how this Sunday goes because the Eagles present very interesting challenges on a lot of different levels, even though they're lackluster in some areas. I think their front seven really presents a very interesting challenge for the New York Football Giants. and if they can correct on the mistakes that they made from the first time, their first matchup on Thursday Night Football. I'm going to be interested to see, but I'm very hesitant. You are very on board. I am very hesitant to believe in it.
2: Um, now, the needs to be made is not. The Giants moved the move the ball very effectively between the between <clears throat> the twenties against the Eagles. Even in that first matchup, they need to execute in the red zone. I mean that that's just what's going to happen, and. Honestly, they should be able to because a lot of the guys that were in the secondary for that game just aren't there anymore. They're hurt now. So they're really – to me, there isn't an excuse for the Giants to not be able to execute better. Now now, the, now that they've picked up a little bit of momentum here, they're a little more confident, you know, the, the Giants going into that game had just got, come off a crushing loss. I mean, hmm. you know, at, at Carolina. So I, I think this is a different Giants team um, – I'm not saying the Giants are going to win. I I just think it'll be a really close game. I
0: so Brett, I to, uh, I totally agree with that. Like when I was thinking back to to the Eagles game a few weeks ago, um, the Thursday night game, I remember thinking they like you said they moved the ball. They moved the ball pretty well, specifically in the first half. They just could. They just which has been an issue for the Giants for years now. They couldn't produce in the red zone. Um, yeah, and I think one really big thing and i and i touched on this last week and it again came to fruition this week was the last two games you know the first two games of this, this eight game season they're scoring touchdowns in the red zone they're taking turnovers and they're scoring um you know the giants yesterday got four turnovers one of them sealed the game so you're obviously not going to score on with that turnover one was a pick six the other two yielded 10 points so they're at least taking they're, – they're taking these turnovers and they're doing something with them, um, yeah. whereas in the beginning of the year and previous seasons, they take those – they get a first down, they're punting. Um, so I, I do think the red zone efficiency is really getting better, and I think having a running game in the red zone is huge, and that's something that's really plagued them is, is defenses in the past have been able to just – once they get inside the 10-yard line – Just zero in on Odell, zero in on Sterling Shepard, and you're probably you're going to be fine. And just blitz Eli, Uh, and you're going to force sacks. You're going to force missed throws. So that now, Justin, going to your point or points, I understand why people are hesitant to jump on the train, and and I I also understand that the odds are are still stacked against them. But when you look at it the stars are just kind of aligning the right way for the Giants to at least make a push for this to at least be a conversation. I would venture to say the Giants are playing decent football right now. Their offense is clicking again. I understand they have not They really haven't faced a test of a defense. I, I totally understand that. And I respect that, but I think there, I think there are little things within specifically this Sunday, but I also think going back to last week against San Francisco, there are little things that you can look at that are that are signs of not just we're putting up points as the product of playing against a bad defense, but we're playing better offensive football, better technical football. The offensive line play is improving in the running
1: game, um, and and in the passing game too. Eli's been Eli's been pretty pretty clean these these last couple weeks.
0: Exactly. So those kinds of things make me feel a little bit more confident in this team's ability to keep this momentum going.
1: Right. Um, right. But there, but there does come a point, And again, you know, we, how many years have we seen this? And Giants fans like to like to Monday morning quarterback in hindsight, 2020 with saying, Oh, you know, some fans say we should have never gotten rid of Coughlin. I, you know, How many years did we see this same exact thing with Coughlin where we would have terrible, terrible starts and then we would have such good finishes and then it would just be an excuse of, okay, let's not. Let's not rebuild. Let's reload, and let's do it all over again. And then you would have bad starts, and then you would have great finishes, and then we would do it all over again. And it reminds I, I you know, I think the season was two thousand thirteen, yep. where it was, you know, where and again, yeah, because Tom Cluffins last year, no, Tom Cluffins last year was twenty fifteen. But neither here nor there. I don't want to be fooled again.
0: I understand that, but I think that there, there's a and I've seen a lot of people mention the twenty thirteen season. They started zero six or zero five. I don't remember which. Finished the year, I think eight and eight, and everybody was was back on board for the next season. I think one of the main differences is that offensive team was uh, Hakeem Nicks towards the end of his Giants tenure, which was just ugly. Was Victor Cruz,
1: Ruben Randall,
0: Ruben Randall, the rough offensive group. This offensive group has game changers. That team didn't have game changers. This team has Saquon Barkley, who seems to be getting better with every week. This team has Odell Beckham, who is on pace for over a thousand, you know, over, right, right, you right.
1: know, oh, No, and, and you're right, having and over you're right. an
0: excellent season.
1: And you're right. And a lot of fans, and, and I think people realize that, but it, you know, we're at a, we're at a point now where, you know, we're, we're over half the season and, and again, this is why it this is why it, this is just this is simply, I think, the the resolution for this week, for this football weekend, this conversation right now, it is simply just to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Simply just to wait and see. Um,
0: well, that's the thing. The NFC East has get is giving me no reason to believe that this division is out of the realm of possibility for the Giants to steal. Because I mean, let's go, let's go team by team here. So the Redskins, I think, posed the greatest threat and then alex smith horrific injury and i and, it, and it's hard because you don't want to t- even toe the line of saying like it's a good thing for the giants it was it's awful but the way that it affects the nfc east certainly yields in the giants favor
1: yeah it, but it, it, but in all, it, but in it all... yields
0: it it yields in the in the favor of every NFC East yeah, team.
1: But in all honesty, like I really don't think like we we can't sit here and go through every NFC East team and say the Giants the Giants are in no, because the Giants are in no position to do that because yes, they are four because we're four games because we're still four games under five hundred. They absolutely are. It doesn't And matter. they have they <laughs> have to win football games. We and can't they, just but it
0: doesn't matter. They don't control their own destiny. They need other teams to lose. It's a right. moot point. If if the Eagles go ahead and win out. And finish the year ten and six. It's a moot point. It doesn't matter anymore. So, yeah, th- like th- this Thursday, Thanksgiving, I'm watching, and I have a rooting interest in that game because we want a specific team to win that game. Sunday, I have well. Sunday, Giants and Eagles play. The following week, I don't remember. I don't remember if it's the it's the Eagles Cowboys or the Redskins and the Eagles. I don't remember who's playing. It's uh, Redskins Eagles. Redskins. I've got a rooting interest in that game. You know, there there are ways that these games need to go for the Giants, and then they need to win. Which is right. why I, no, I understand. Not
2: no, not where, not where do the Giants play? That's a, that's the biggest question. The Giants, the Giants play, remaining schedule.
0: Um... The Giants remaining schedule. Yeah, I believe I have the order correct. Is Philadelphia, Chicago, huh. Washington, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Dallas.
2: You guys aren't beating the Bears.
0: Well, see, and that's the and and that's the thing. I can we I can look at the schedule and based on the fact that this team has started one and seven is now sitting at three and seven. I can look at that and say, they ain't going to beat the bears. They ain't going to beat the Titans. They ain't going to beat the Colts because the Colts are on fire. But that's why this Sunday is so intriguing to me because, and, and Justin, I think this is kind of your point and I, and I do understand this. It is a wait and see because we need to see if the giants come out on Sunday and continue, you know, continue their offensive sort of borderline dominance or if they come out, they face a decent front seven. Eli's on Eli's on his back the entire game, and they're going to put up fourteen points. We need to see if they right. come out and they and they, if they come out and they've got a good game plan and they execute and they're you know putting up touchdowns, putting up yards. Saquon keeps running. Then I say, ah, maybe the first half of the season was a little on the fluky side. Maybe they were just ice cold. Couldn't get anything going. They needed a couple of guys to come in and start making plays. And let's see what this team can do against real competition.
1: Now, that's where I disagree because I don't think the first half was a fluke. And, that's, and this, is, this is exactly why Eli Manning received so much criticism from me and so many others the first half of the season because there was zero excuse for why we couldn't be doing this in certain games you look at how much of a hot mess the Jacksonville Jaguars are right now you look at how much the hot mess the Dallas Cowboys were you look at i mean besides that besides the Carolina game and besides the Houston game because you know we ver- you lost the Carolina game virtually won it and then we actually did win the Houston game this is why Eli Manning receives so much criticism because you see the way that Shep Beckham and Barkley are performing and and again, Vince Vince Repesi already made this made this point on Twitter. So I'm kind of I'm kind of taking it from him. And he, you know, he had a really good point that this is exactly why these past two weeks, Eli being Eli and Eli doing what Eli is supposed to do is exactly why he's received so much criticism the first half of the season. It's exactly why. Because now that things are finally happening the way that they're supposed to be happening, that shouldn't be an excuse for how piss poor and seven, seven losses, seven losses before our bye week should not excuse that. So I, I'm not going to say that it's a fluke. I refuse to say it. wait and see. I kind of want to let's, 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 let's put a, let's put a bow on this. Cause no, cause no, cause then I I, I, no, cause then I, I know you're, I know you disagree. Cause then I actually want to move to the matchup on Sunday. And I want to hear what Brad has to say about the Eagles. And then we can look up matchups and whatever, put a bow on this, wait and see the giants have to win football games. Regardless of what is happening around them. They need to take care of the games that they that they need to take care of in their division, especially in their division, and pretty much every single game after that.
0: Well, let me ask you a question. I know, I know you want to move on, but but then that, that begs a question, going back to something we, to, to, to our last week conversation. If you I understand your I understand where you are and I understand your stance, but if the Giants aren't worried about what other teams are doing and, and we're solely focused on winning football games, isn't it going to make people who believe this team – I'm not going to say should. There are people out there who believe they should be tanking, who believe they should be losing football games because it's – for the longevity of the team, it's a better thing. Which and are other, there are other people who are on more of the fence that say if they lose, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's probably a good thing for draft – it definitely is a good thing for draft position. Which is probably a good thing, though I'd like to see them win. They're somewhere in the middle.
1: If you believe,
0: if you're one of those two people, then you should absolutely be focused on what other teams are doing. And it, it becomes a matter of we need this team to lose and we need to win. Because if the Giants manage to go eight and eight and they, st- the Giants manage to go nine and seven and they still make the playoffs, that's the worst case scenario, is it not?
1: No, because again, I, a lot of people pick the Giants to go nine and seven, eight and eight, ten and six at the beginning of the season. And if they do that, you can't be mad at it, regardless of whether they make the playoffs or not. Can't be mad at it.
0: Do you feel like? Do, do you feel like that would be? You know, even, even if they get to eight and eight, are you going to feel like they still need to torch it and they still need to like, you know, really? address a lot of things, including quarterback going into next year? Or, yes. do, or or do you fall in the boat of what you were saying about 2013, 2014, where they have solid finishes to the year and you say, okay, maybe a piece here, a piece there. We're competing next
1: year. I mean, I would address, I'm addressing quarterback no matter what, but at the same time, knowing how this Giants franchise works and knowing where the fan base's heart is and knowing where Eli Manning is, is, he may not anytime soon plan on stop playing the game of football. Which is okay with me. Okay. So you can move are, are we ready to move on?
0: <laughs> I'm ready to
1: move on. Okay. Brett Wiley tell us what in the hell is wrong with the Philadelphia Super Bowl defending champion Eagles? What is going on?
2: Um, you know what I strongly suspect? And this is gonna be kind of damning. I think it I think it's coaching. I really think. Losing Frank Reich, offensive coordinator, and our and our uh, and our QB coach. I mean, I think those two had a huge say in in how last season went. I mean, suddenly, suddenly the Colts have an exciting offense, and suddenly the Eagles have absolutely no imagination, no imagination offensively. You know, Reich Reich is the Colts' head coach now, and you know. There's just no imagination, no inspiration involved with what the Eagles are doing offensively. I can understand why they're struggling defensively. I can. Because they have so many injuries. I mean, they were never that great this year to start with, but now they have so many injuries, they're probably going to struggle. But there is no excuse for the offense to look like it has. I mean, they, they better look a hell of a lot better out there on Sunday. I mean, I tell you what. I I mean, I mean there, there there's I'm not I'm not going to go ahead and fire Peterson or anything. He's a super Bowl winning coach. You can't do that. But what I'm going to say is regardless of how the season ends, there needs to be turnover. There needs to be what they need to do is they need to go to college and find one of these really sharp minds, sharp offensive minds to really bring to really bring some creativity back into this offense. There are weapons here. I don't want to hear that. There are plenty of weapons. We have Tate, Aguilar, Jeffrey. We have a good offensive line still. We, there, there, there are some injuries, but not, not a ton. Most of it's there. I mean, I, the only thing we're missing is we have, we have scrubs at running back. But it's still possible to get a lot of offense out of having a really good wide receiving core, and you know, just a serviceable running back. So. I, I mean, I honestly, a lot of this comes on Wentz now. Wentz needs to improve. Wentz needs to look better. He's looked okay so far this year. But in this past game against a, a really not very good Saints pass defense, he was awful. Worst game of his career. He had three interceptions, 150 yards of passing, no touchdowns. Awful. Needs to bounce back. And I believe he can. I believe he can. Because I've seen his talent I see how he lit it up last year. I see how he lit it up at times his rookie season. It's it's there. And I believe that Wentz will do everything in his power to to get back to that. But part of part of the rest of the season, honestly, is staying healthy. Yeah. Wentz needs to stay healthy the rest of the season.
1: You mentioned creativity and the uh, the fact that you do have weapons. And something tells me that a visit when the Giants visit Lincoln Financial Field, if there's anything that the Eagles are struggling with, if there's anything that the Eagles need to find, a good old visit to Lincoln Financial Field by the New York football Giants always seems to bring out the best in the Philadelphia Eagles. I hope so. And that's that's what scares me. It, it They have had... The Eagles have had our number, period. Period. I know. I, know. I'm, I'm, I think the exception is 2016 at home in MetLife. Yeah. But... At least, if you want to talk about in Philly, in Philly, number they have our number. And I, no matter what, who the head coach is, no matter who's calling the plays, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, so that's what, so that's what scares me. And the fact that the last time I saw Carson Wentz, um, I was, I was preaching, I was preaching to the choir that, um, once Tom Brady retires, it's going to be, and once Tom Brady and Drew Brees retires, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz sitting at the top of the, of the QB totem pole.
2: You're, you're forgetting Mahomes.
1: Well, I'm no, well, I'm experienced, experienced experience veterans. Um, Mahom, you know, Mahomes and Goff and everybody else, you know, they'll, Goff's they'll get there. Yours, Wentz. Yeah. Yeah. No, what I'm saying, they'll get there, but I think Wentz has, Wentz has proven himself. Um, yeah. or, or no, so excuse me, it'll be Rogers, Ryan, Matt Ryan. And, um, and Carson Wentz at the top of the QB totem pole. So that's the last time I saw Carson Wentz Thursday night against the Giants. Carved the defense up, looked incredible. Creativity, the Eagles team that I that I've grown to really have an appreciation for their roster, though it was fluky, they were going through some fluky times, they really executed well that game. So but the injuries, the list of injuries that yeah. the Eagles have, and if you don't, and if you don't know them, uh, look them up. The guys that are on IR, the guys that are going through some sort of injury, both, you know, on the defensive side and the offensive side, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable.
2: Hold well, did on, I, did I, I took a picture of that. I don't yeah, know you, did. I... you did.
1: You did. I got it. Hold on.
2: You can read off that list. It's gonna be on. Be, be extend the podcast for a little bit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Did you send it to me in the Bleeding Blue group chat? In the
2: Bleeding Blue group. Yeah, chat. I
1: got it. I got it. Um. So Eagles. So these are. So these were the Philadelphia Eagles that weren't available this past Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. Running back Jay Ajayi, who's on IR. Derek Barnett, defensive end, IR. Ronald Darby, corner, IR. Mac Hollins, IR. Wide receiver Tim Jernigan, not on IR. Surprisingly, he's a defensive tackle, safety. Ronnie M- Ronnie who? Ronnie McLeod. Who do you? How do you say? Ronnie it?
2: McLeod. He's one McLeod. of our two He's good.
1: Rodney McLeod, uh, I don't know, Mc- McLeod, um, IR, uh, Jalen Mills, cornerback. I've heard that name. He's not on IR. Darren Sproles, running back. Mike Wallace, hey, Speedsters, Pittsburgh. He's on IR. And then uh, Jason Kelsey, Avante Maddox, Sidney Jones, and Douglas, Rasul Douglas. Um, they all they all left the game against the Saints. So, uh, so the Eagles need to build an infirmary inside their Sp- practice yeah. facility specifically
0: for the secondary
2: yeah yeah uh, no. i know mean, and that's
0: yeah. one thing that's one thing uh for a giants fan you need to be the giants offense need to be licking their chops looking at the Eagles' secondary yeah uh, the way i look at it there's no reason why the giants can't do the eagles what they just did to the buccaneers
1: who's licking their chops more the giants wide receivers and eli manning or the Eagles front seven that they get to come after Eli Manning because that's the game plan this week, right? That has to be the game plan because you Absolutely. have no because you have no secondary. You're not going to drop seven guys in the coverage. No, you're going to bring six, seven guys on a blitz. So who's licking their chops more?
0: You know what, Eagles, you do? Eagles what front you seven. Do, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pay some homage to you and your and your boy Elijah Penny. I think what's really important then is you go. Two receivers, a tight end, and you just torture the Eagles secondary until they back off, and then you need to do it the other way around this Sunday uh, against Philadelphia, which needs so to. You so, know, you wanna, so you want
1: So you want to see a lot of. Uh, you want to see a lot of I formation. You want to see two running backs. A I want to see, see two
0: running. I want to see two running backs, but I want to see two running backs, and I want to see those two running backs staying in the block. I want to see Max protect because you know they're coming. And they always do against against the Giants and Eli, but you know, especially today, they're coming, or today, this Sunday, sorry, that they're coming after they're coming after Eli. You're not gonna be able to run the ball right into that. You have to take advantage of the fact that this team is depleted in the secondaries. I, I saw a stat today, and, and Brett, you might be able to confirm this a little bit better. Mm. I saw today. There's a good chance this upcoming Sunday. The Eagles will not be starting a corner who was on the team more than a month ago.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: That's that that's that's incredible. Yeah. Just like it's been man gets hurt, next man up gets hurt, next man up gets hurt, next man. Yeah. You need, to, hurt. you need to go into this game with the mindset of you're going to torture the secondary. You're going to make them want to quit football. <laughs>
1: Now, so Brett, now, uh, now we said the same thing heading into the Saints game. So, so Brett, what's your what's your kind of what's your kind of perspective and answer? Who's looking their chops more?
2: Oh, obviously the, the, the obviously the the Giants' uh, skill possessions. If we're just talking about that matchup, I mean, uh, to me, the game plan's easy: get the ball out quick. I mean, there there's no excuse. You guys did that last year against a healthy Eagles defense twice. A terrible Giants team last year. Absolutely. 400-plus like four, yards against, I think, a mostly, I, I, at least what I remember, is a mostly healthy Eagles defense. Did twice. Didn't do it to anybody else, but he did it to the <laughs> football champs. That's what I just – if I were a Giants fan, I would have lost my mind a long time ago. Just trying to figure out what they were doing in that game and why they couldn't do that in any other game. And w- there is no excuse. I mean, I don't, I don't want to hear anything. There is no excuse why the Giants are has taken a two-game winning streak to become a three and seven team. That's embarrassing.
1: No, it is. It
2: absolutely is. Um, they are a talented team, and I give them every shot in the world to win this game because they're finally starting to fulfill a little bit of that talent. I still think there's more in there.
1: I think the Eagles need to watch some some footage from the. Some film from the Saints game because I I if I if I had a crystal ball and if I can predict what's gonna happen, that's what I see happening. The Saints had zero secondary, brought the house to Eli and they hit him. And but they the put, problem they is put, put, don't do that. They don't blitz ever. So let's do some predictions for uh for this Sunday. If you want to throw even a little bit of a score prediction in there, why not? Yeah, what's what's gonna happen?
0: We're gonna be right. Who's going first? You go ahead first. Oh man, putting pressure on. I, I honestly do believe the Giants can and will win this football game. I I understand their history at, at the link. Um, I also understand that this Eagles team is this Eagles team's coming into this game at home pissed off because they've played like garbage, and they've they've kind of gotten their man card taken away in the NFC a bit uh, with this past Sunday, but. I really do believe that the offense is beginning to truthfully click. I think the defense will do just enough to hold them in the game. I'm saying Giants in a, in a baby shootout. 28-24. 20, it's going to be close. It always is. Brett.
2: I am – boy. Because I'm trying to imagine the Eagles offense clicking – and I can't do it right now. I, I can't imagine it. It's just it, it's. There's been so many times where it's like we gotta look at each other in the mirror and really dig down deep. It, it, they've said that for a few weeks now. So this is as as uncertain as there have ever been with an Eagles game. But I'm going to go thirty-four, thirty-one Eagles.
1: All right. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win. I think they're going to get their... Uh, they may not get their mojo back, but a very similar game plan that they had Thursday night. And I just think the Giants, Bugaboo, and Lincoln Financial Field, it's going to hit them. I think it's going to be a close game. 24-17 or even 24-20. I can see a couple field goals being thrown in there because we can't score in the red zone. I think the offensive line, it's going to be tough. I mean, i we've seen... There's a reason why the two teams that we just played, that they're losing football teams. And we were able to take advantage of that. It's all going to depend on how the offensive line does. I said it earlier in the episode. Starts up there. They set the tone. They set the tone early against the Bucs. Good running game. Play action pass. Put Eli in space. We saw some different personnel groups this week. Um, Evan Ingram was on the field for like, what 30 not even 30 percent of the snaps he only snaps. had
0: seven, he had 16 snaps
1: yeah so which is insane so we saw more of Rhett Elson so that probably helped, helped I block. would like I would like to see Evan Ingram line up as a receiver you know we're I feel like there are certain plays where Beckham and Shep aren't on the field and guys like Corey Coleman and other guys hit there they've been doing a great job but part of me like wants to see Evan Ingram out there even though he may be on i wanted to get to this question but we'll, we, we may get to it another time is evan ingram on pat Shermer's shit shitless because he can't catch the ball or is it just personnel choices because they want elson into block who even knows i would like maybe a beat reporter to ask that because ingram can do such dynamic things so we're just gonna have to see um can i just
0: point out two things that i think are going to be crucial um this sunday one is something that has really been in the Giants' favor the last 2 weeks and needs to continue. Their special teams has played fantastic the last yeah. 2 weeks. Um and beyond just Odell Grossous continuing a solid a very solid season. Since picking up Corey Coleman, they've had some nice returns. I mean, you look at the way the game started yesterday. The Giants were standing on the 40-yard line to start yep. that first possession and sure enough, they're five plays there in the end zone. I think I saw that he averaged on a lot of kick returns because the Bucs were kicking off a lot. Um, I think he averaged 20, like 25 yards a return, 26 yards a return. That's fantastic. That's a very high number.
1: He's been good. It's
0: been And furthermore, been Alder Gross has kicked the ball off, I think six or seven times, not one touchback. And the Buccaneers return man, I think it might have been Adam Humphreys, was averaging about 18 yards per return.
1: Yeah, Kerry Wynn's been insane. Kerry Wynn's actually on the concussion. He's protocol. on the concussion list. He's the only so one who he, he rocked. So we, there, was, there was a lot of big, good hits from yeah, this. Yeah, it was a physical
0: – for For a high-scoring game, it was a very physical game, actually.
1: Yeah.
0: Game. Yeah. Um, so I think if special teams can continue playing well, because the Eagles have, o- are, have always been the kind of team that special teams kind of takes over a little bit. There's like one punt return or one kick return that just kind of breaks the Giants' backs. So if they can stay secure in, in special teams. The other thing is this giant's defense is not good enough to just try to force punt after punt. They need to turn the ball over. They need, they need to t- somehow find a way to take the ball away. You've seen against in all three of their wins, they've had multiple interceptions. Um, I think they picked off Deshaun Sean Watson uh, in Houston back in week three. Or week four, whenever that yeah, they was. They picked him off a ton in the first They half, picked him yeah. off three times. They picked off Nick Mullins twice. They picked off Fitzpatrick three times yesterday. One yeah. for a score, Winston another time. And this Eagles team is showing a propensity to turn the ball over. You need to make them pay. You need to you need to make that happen and then make them pay.
1: Lorenzo Carter, keep him on the field. He's been looking really good. Did Absolutely. you see his pro football focus grade of in pass coverage? No. He he I mean limited 100, I believe it's at 162 pass snaps. 16 of them were in coverage. He has an 85 grade in pass coverage. He's a very good player. Yeah, they've been they've he's been, been silent.
0: They've, he's, he's silently a very good player.
1: Well, that's because he's barely, they haven't really been putting him on the field that much where mm-hmm. he was starting for the first time this week, and he was only on the field for 60% of the snaps. Granted, Olivier Vernon, I guess, is the hallmark for the starter almost every single play. He was on the field for 70% of the snaps – so we're going to see him on the field more as the season goes on and they've That's really they have done thing. they've done his progression right in terms of not just throwing him into the line of fire but I mean we're going to we're they're, gonna, they're
0: they're putting him in places and in situations yeah. that help that that are that are beneficial right. to him.
1: Right and we're going to we're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up and I and I really I wanted to get more on the defense but we need. To, I need to see more from this interior lineman. I've, I watched Dalvin Tomlinson pretty heavy this past week, and he no. He he comes up and he and he sticks his hands out straight. You know he doesn't make any moves at the line. You know he he gets no penetration. He gets no. You know at the point of emphasis, he doesn't really do anything. I I, so I need to see
0: more. To grass.
1: Yeah yeah. I mean I need to see more from our interior lineman. I mean obviously snacks not there is really going to hurt us. And Peyton Barber. And Burita have really had a, you know, they've had some good two mm-hmm. weeks against us. I need to see more. Uh, that's going to be big because, especially with these linebackers, we have a we have a rotating a carousel of linebackers right now. Tay Tay Davis, who hasn't played bad, um, BJ Goodson's only on the field for thirty percent of the plays, and Tay Davis is on the field for an undrafted rookie um, on the field for more plays, and Alec Ogletree is a mess. Um, hey, pick six. He's dude, How dude's about a it? mess. Dude's a mad, I mean, that was that was a very good heads up play. Oh my god, that that was great. But it was I mean, a better o- play by like
0: Janoris Jenkins. In my
1: overall opinion. overall body of work is bad. Um, this is so poor. that's what that's what we're gonna have to bend, don't break as always. And offensive line needs to offensive line and Eli needs to continue to do what he can do. I don't. I don't think we can ask Eli to do anything more than he can do. Which is unfortunate for your franchise quarterback. All right. So, does anybody have any final thoughts as we close episode number twenty-five? We hit the quarter-century mark.
2: Doesn't you mentioned Peyton Barber, right? The uh, running back. Yes. For the Buccaneers, doesn't that sound like a like a Madden-generated futuristic name? Yes. Thirty. Like
0: yes. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: Like and they just took Tiki Barber and Peyton Manning is stuck in Let's his put
1: them together. This will be good. Peyton Peyton Hillis. He was a he was a Madden cover guy. Peyton Barber.
2: It's true. It's you
0: know, true. I've never actually taken the time to watch Peyton Barber. I really haven't watched too many Tampa Tampa Bay
2: Buccaneer games. Believe it or not, really? he runs really hard.
0: Yeah, he is yeah. a good
2: running back. I like. Well, you know, I had him on my fantasy team for a little bit. Actually, I, I, I gave him up, but. Yeah, he yeah, was he, uh, he was
1: on my bench last week because I can't start I mean I did start Deshaun Jackson because I had no other choice. But I did I had to bench Peyton Barber because I couldn't start him. I couldn't start him like This is gonna giants. be my
0: this is my closing thought besides all aboard the you no know, train accepting tickets now. Choo-choo. Get them while they're hot. You know, don't get don't get into the train at the next station, get in right now. You know, get in uh this week. There's plenty of seats. Um but my, my closing point or thought is the beauty that is the poetic nature of, of the NFL. So Giants are winning the game 38, 35. There's about 33 seconds left in the game. Giants are lining up for a punt at about their own 40, 40 or so yard line, 45 yeah. yard line. Adam Humphreys comes out to return the punt at that moment. Adam Humphreys turns around, runs off the field, and Deshaun Jackson trots on the field and comes mm-hmm. in, comes into the game. The entire stadium, there was like a murmur. It was just <laughs> like it was just like a we've 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 seen this story before, and you know I was with two other guys and, and I looked down at them, and I said I swear to God I can't go through it again. <laughs> I, I can't I can't do it again and as I said that a couple people in front of me heard me and turned around and were like we were thinking the exact same thing and everyone's booing Deshaun Jackson like he's loving it he's like pumping the crowd up it was really a moment and collectively in the stadium everybody just screaming at Riley Dixon Punt it out of bounds punted through the back of the end zone kick a field goal with the ball we don't care what you do just don't let this man touch the ball sure enough, kicks it you know, straight into the end zone. Any other time, I think a fan would be upset with that because you, you want to pin them ideally. Yeah. yeah. But just, I, I, it was like the most beautiful moment of poetic justice in, um, in a football game I think I've seen in a long time. Like just seeing that replay itself and just replay it in the right, the right way, which is yeah. beautiful. I just had to, had, to, had to talk about that really quick.
1: Here's my final thought. I've had a house fire before, and that day, the Miracle in the Meadowlands 2 was a worse day in my life than my house fire. So, go Giants, go Giants, go Giants. The Yankees made a trade today, which is exciting. It's a different so,
0: episode, Justin.
1: Oh, it's a different episode. Arr! Go Giants, go Giants, go Giants, go Giants, go Yankees, go Yankees, go Yankees. The Giants are playing. Their one-game season is on the line this Sunday, 1 o'clock, in Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial Field. And um, why don't you just keep on bleeding blue, everybody? Peace out.
2: Night, everyone.